Hello, I'm the Professor, and I'm here today with DJ and No Bucky because he couldn't make it for another episode of Top Shelf Nerds, a Nerds Amalgamated podcast produced by TNC. That's not Canon Production. Tonight, our first topic is my new keyboard. Ooh, you have a very new keyboard indeed. Yes, it's own after having the runaround with Australia Post for a week, I finally got my hands on it. It's the Wooting One Analog Keyboard, the world's first analog keyboard to get to market. This isn't a paid review, by the way. I bought this with my own money. Although if they want to pay me, I'm perfectly happy to take any money. <laughs> Give us more money. The, uh, the special thing about this keyboard is that the switches in it are Cherry MX style, so it's compatible with all of your standard keycaps, but they use light instead of a mechanical sensor. So inside the switch on the plunger that gets depressed by the key is a prism that reflects light from a laser sensor and calculates exactly how far you press the key. Ah. The main benefit of this is that for racing games, you can accelerate gently. For FPS games, you can walk slowly instead of sprint everywhere. Uh, you can basically any game that uses a controller is compatible with this because it emulates a controller via the uh, X input protocol. So this will be a ge- this, uh, this will be a gamer's dream keyboard in essence. Pretty much for me anyway. <laughs> uh, especially because I play a lot of simulators, and it's going to be really useful to be able to just gently poke my head out in armor and not get sniped because I have to run my whole body out. Mm. The well, um, the huh. keys also have another feature. Because they can tell how far you push them down, it's got a double keystroke feature, which is still in development at the moment. The, uh, the keyboard's been out for less than a year, but the developers are still working on the software features. And one of the big features that they have added since release is the double keystroke feature, where you can set your key so that if you press it down gently, it triggers one action, or if you push it all the way, it triggers the other. So that's good for things where you would have like a modifier key like control or shift and another key that you press, you can map the modifier key to the one key so that you can say uh, the example they use is in League of Legends. When you want to cast and take your time to aim, you press one key. If you want to quick cast, you hold shift and that key, I believe. I wouldn't know. I don't play League. And uh, that lets you basically have two actions on the one key based on how far you press it. So that's all the so is that all the pros that you can describe of or there more? Yeah. Some pretty much all of the main features I'd say. So what are the co- so now we've got the pros, what are the cons? Well, there's not a lot of feedback in the keys. This model uh, has two switches available at the moment. One based on Cherry MX threads, which are linear and don't have a click. So I've just pulled one out of my keyboard. You can swap the switches as you like in action. So I've got one of the uh, one of the reds in my hand, which is the linear one. And I don't know if you can hear that, but there's no click like on a mechan- like a uh, clicky keyboard. Yeah. And okay. I will just quickly pull out one of the other ones. Oops. Hmm. And I doubt you're going to hear this one either. Oh, I can hear a little bit. Okay, I might have to adjust the audio. But that's one that's got a... Uh, it's one of the blues, which is the clicking model. Nice. I believe I've got the name right. For some reason, it struck me as odd that the uh, the blues are the ones that have the red inlay in them, so you can tell what color they are. Hmm. But uh, 
I chose the keyboard comes with uh, one set by default. You can pay a bunch more and get a set, a complete set of both types. But they include a couple of spares of each type in the uh, in the package. So I've added the uh, clicky ones just to try them out. But I prefer the uh, the linear ones for my movement keys because the click adds a little bit of resistance. But one issue I'm seeing is that there's uh, they're fairly soft. Uh, I think they're 55 gram keycaps, but they still uh, key switches. They still feel fairly soft. So when I press down on them, it feels like my finger just goes straight through to the floor. Oh. It, um, what I'd like, and it seems like a fairly easy mod to make, someone said that they had luck just adding an O-ring. Up. Or uh, actually, no, not an O-ring. So they used uh, springs out of pens, oh. but um, just underneath the keycap, between the keycap and the switch. And that seems like a good way to add a bit more resistance to it. So I might give that a go. But uh, I think it's um, not a huge issue. But I do think it's something that I'd prefer to have the option to do to add more resistance. So I have, I feel like I have more fine-grained control over it. Yeah, I think that, uh, I, like I said, this is a gamer's keyboard, and I think they, you, I think the developers will eventually hear this out and say, "Hmm, this will be a good yeah. idea." Well, they're hugely active on um their Discord server. Oh, I'm nice. actually in the uh, server right now, having a look at the discussion a few days ago about adding springs to the switches. What's the feedback? Um, well, the uh, somebody's doing it as a trial themselves just to see how it feels. And the developers have said that um, they'd like to hear back from the guy and see what he does. They've said here, keep us up to date. With the swappability, we can even do special switches with this feeling. Nice. It's not a, a difficult mod to do either by any stretch because the uh there's it's really easy to take the switch out and if you wanted to just add a key a spring beneath the keycap that's easy if you want to modify the switch itself that's a bit harder but i did take one apart to see what's in it and that would be fairly easy if not time consuming but then um so there was no software issues or anything like that none that i've run into yet some people have had a um had some software bugs but that's mostly with the rgb it's uh, something that they're, that they're still developing. There was a big RGB update a few days before I got mine. That was uh, So it's still under development. The software is fairly solid, could use a little bit more work. Uh, it is run under Electron, so it does chew up a lot of resources like Discord or Slack. So I now have free instance Electron, Discord, Slack, and the utility for this keyboard. Mm. Um, and my other big complaint is that there's no numpad model. So you mean the numpad on the uh, on the uh, right side? Yeah. So oh, no I've. Uh, so what are you saying? So there's no num. Oh, so it's not like a traditional keyboard in essence. No, it's uh, an eighty percent. In fact, uh, now I think about, I haven't given you the link to put in the uh, in the description for the. So I'll do that before we publish. But it's a mm-hmm. uh, an eighty percent keyboard, so no. Um, no numpad. Oh, that's that, uh, it's a big productivity thing for people who work with numbers a lot, but I mostly mm-hmm. use it as a radio control panel in armor. Oh. So I've gone on, I've, uh, I had to do my research because you can either get numpads that trigger numpad key code or ones that will trigger the number row at the top of the keyboard. And you want one that does the numpad key. Code. So I, I found one of them and picked one up for 20 or 30 bucks. Nice. I would nice. like a um I would like to see a, a 
a full-sized keyboard at some point though and it is something they're considering for this model yeah i think that i hope hopefully they'll hear that hopefully they'll hear you out yeah but yeah. um apart from that i'm loving it and it uh has uh you can program in four modes by default including uh you can uh, because it's done by light instead of a mechanical sensor you can adjust the depth that you need to push the key to to trigger a keystroke. Mm-hmm. So if you like being able to just the lightest touch, you can just tap on the key and it will trigger. Or you can set it so you have to push it all the way down if you want to go off. Mm-hmm. And it uh, it's really easy to program. Got multiple modes that you can save to the keyboard so you can have profiles and i believe you can unplug the keyboard and it stays programmed nice so uh, how much are we saying at price scale wise uh i think the um the regular price is 220 australian dollars which is on the high end for a uh, mechanical keyboard though i got mine on sale they were doing a, a sale last month oh. and it um yeah it just took me that long for it to arrive in the mail it's pesky mailing prices yeah well it got um it got shipped here. I had it shipped to my mate's house because um right after I placed the order I was going to be away for a week and the, the website said two to four days shipping. So I got it shipped to my mate's house and mm. he wasn't home when it arrived, so they took it to the post office. And his local post office, even though he lives uh two train stations from me, his local post office doesn't open late in the evenings or on weekends. Oh. Every other post office I've ever been to does. And he oh. works full time and they wouldn't allow anyone but him to pick it up. Oh, so that's... that was a huge pain. Oh, oh are you serious? Ah. Yeah. But that's ah. not the keyboard's fault. That's uh, Australia Post, who <laughs> we all know we're a bit special. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It makes the American post office, post office look like, look like Olympians. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, but, uh, uh, but still, that's a very... With the numpad, I think without the numpad, that kind of stinks though. With the old, um, because most people would use the numpad as a kind of a, a directional, directional um controls. Most people, are you left-handed? Uh, right-handed, actually. Okay, because that seems like a really awkward position to be in, having your mouse in your right hand and then reaching all the way across with your left hand, so you mm. can use the yeah. numpad. Yeah, unless if you're left, unless if you're left-handed, it's just your right. Yeah, no, it's just it's normal. Which brings to mind the game Frank Herbert's Dune, which was a uh, a rushed uh, sort of movie tie-in game. And it came out around the time that uh, the Sci-Fi Channel miniseries of Dune came out back in the early oh, yeah. 2000s. And yeah. it was um, had some of the weirdest design decisions I've ever seen. Some of them were quite poor, really. But the weirdest one was that the keys weren't remappable and the default control scheme was left-handed. So for the like, is it 9% of the population who are left-handed? Perfectly fine. But everyone else, you're using the mouse and the arrow keys. <laughs> oh, oh that, that just Which, sounds painful. Yeah. Just sounds... ignore the fact also that um, the right-handed control scheme is better because you have the Q and the E and all the other keys around you were sad. Oh, that's painful. Yes. I, Unfortunately, I, I... that company went under a year or two later, but... <laughs> After how, there. But after how much backlash from the fans, I bet you they must before Twitter they must have give must have shown videotapes to the uh, to the um developers set of them burning the game CD out of spite. No, it wasn't uh, ET levels are bad. 
it was actually quite a good game. It's just that the uh, it was buggy flaws. and the design flaws. Yeah, like uh, pretty much the first mission is run away from a sandworm through a maze of uh, hard and soft sand. If you stand on the soft sand, you sink in and get eaten. Uh, but the character is running towards the camera and the camera angle is riding close so you can't see what you're running towards. Mm. Oh, that's still painful. Still yeah. painful. Oh, man. But anyway, I think uh, we've gushed about my new keyboard enough. Yeah. The next topic is one that Bucky was at the table. Yeah. About the Sydney Opera House Dance Fest. Uh, have you read the article for that, DJ? I've sort of read the article and it looks fun. Imagine just, it's, well, basically it's just, ba- it's basically saying that the Opera House this week is the venue for Samsung's Dance Discovery Program, which helps students with special needs engage with the arts. And it's just um, giving people um, workshops on how to use the VR system. Yeah, yeah so they've got special needs students uh, playing with VR. And yeah. I think it's uh, an interesting next step in art. Uh, I've already seen a video of a virtual reality ballet on uh, on YouTube. There's uh, one of those 360 videos where the uh, the camera is sitting in on the stage at a ballet, and the dancers are dancing around the camera. So I think uh, in the next couple of years we'll see some interesting art come out using VR. Yeah, and pl- uh, and plus I think this this is a good step to help special needs kids because it's very hard for them to survive and i think vr is going to be a good tool for them to survive to um, interact and, may- yeah. and maybe and maybe explore horizons that us normies wouldn't um wouldn't dream of yeah i like um i like using technology of special needs kids yeah i think also if it's uh some of the photos here make it look like part of it is about the kids being creative too and yeah. being creative is just a, a great outlet for energy and stress and i think um it would really help improve the quality of life of these kids yeah and plus i think and, and plus i think the vr for samsung is, has prices gone down so this would be i think been... well this is uh samsung gear vr yeah so the price isn't too high to begin with yeah but so um would... yeah. the price of uh the vive i think the vive came down a little bit when they released the um uh the vive pro I think Sony's VR has gone down as well, and it's permanent. The price drop apparently. Okay. So, but for the uh, but basically this uh, this um this whole system even at the at the Sydney Opera House this is a pretty good this is a pretty good um pro program. Yeah. And it's a great message to people just that to embrace VR. It, VR is a good technology, and I think we, I think sooner or later we're going to see this in in majority of schools. Give it yeah, five years. So. Yeah. Give it five years. I think we will see VR in m- most schools. And how many years until we can go to school in VR, like in Ready Player One? Oh, I give that one ten years. <laughs> give it ten or tw- give it ten or fifteen years, just to let the teachers yeah get used to it. Yeah, we've got to get some of the uh, the young teachers just going through uni now in high places, so that they can influence the curriculum and get more gaming and uh vr training and stuff in <laughs> oh, let's, imagine... let's just replace pe with a uh, an esports training session oh i think there's a university i recall that having a, a, a esports as a university course if my memory serves as me right a, like a sporting course or as a uh, academic course i think both i think it's both cool. i need to go back to uni 
Oh, I, I, I think I think people would want to go back to uni after hearing this. Yeah. Like, what else is there? There's also um oh there's also a cosplay um university course I recall. <laughs> you can you can oh, actually no, no it's a university there's actually no it's a it's a it's a general it's a general university but graduation day you can dress up as whatever you want. Okay. Like you can cosplay even and just go into the. Graduations that really is your cosplay character. Oh, that would <laughs> that would just be <laughs> that's in Japan, that would be mind. Weird. Uh, it does sound very Japanese. Yep. I just uh when I graduated, there wasn't a whole lot of room either side of you. So I'd hate to be the guy sitting next to the guy who comes in full on like uh full armor metal, like uh full metal yeah. alchemist armor <laughs> just sitting Yeah, or uh I was thinking the, the guy on the cover of um of Starcraft. The Terran soldier. Oh, oh, dear lord! Or even worse, uh, a marine from Warhammer because oh. they get those huge shoulder pads. Oh, no. you, you know those picture those people that do the cosplays for marine Warhammer and um, Star Starcraft. I give them props for designing that and wearing it. I give them props. Like, oh, I, I can't imagine that going to university graduation with a space marine costume, sitting in between, oh, sitting in a, t- in a tiny chair. Yeah. That, and, and to make it even worse, the hot lights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the spotlight. Under the spotlight. There's a reason people who build uh, costumes for events that have that are enclosed like a spacesuit. They always have these uh, cooling units of some sort. Mm. Or they, or they pray, or they pray that the that the place has air conditioning. Oh yeah, even that does help though. Because <laughs> no. uh, costumes are heavy. Oh yeah. I have a, a fourth Doctor costume that I made. Oh nice. Wearing a few hundred meters of wool is <laughs> definitely not cool. <laughs> you do- well, I want. I wonder how. I, I, I wonder though, with all that um cosplay, I wonder what will happen if if you all of a sudden start getting um a panic attack, like oh my god, I'm getting nervous to get on stage and. Yeah, that's why um I've never really been into the whole cosplay and go to events sort of thing, apart from my uh, my fourth Doctor costume, which um but I've read about it and people who do go and cosplay they. <clears throat> Sorry, they uh they like to have a handler with them who can keep an eye on them, drag them out if they get swamped, uh, help them undress if it gets too hot. Yeah. And uh basically just make sure that they're not knocking anything over with their tails or whatever. Oh man. That must be a, that that I don't know whether that's a I don't know which is worse though, being a handler being a handler or being the cosplayer. I'm sure they have fun. Ah. Uh. Yeah, that's true. Unless if the handler is good, unless if the cosplay is getting swamped and you have to, and the handler has to fight fight his way through, <laughs> which must be a tough gig. I'm pretty sure you're supposed to stay close enough that you shouldn't have to fight past anyone. This would be it would be like watching Brit, uh, Whitney Houston's The Bodyguard. And I... <laughs> oh, there it is! There it is! <laughs> I knew you were gonna play that song. I knew you were gonna play that song. <laughs> oh. I'll stop there before I do any more damage to people's hearing. <laughs> and, and, and make Whitney Houston come out of the grave. <laughs> yeah, come out of the grave to give me a cease and desist. <laughs> oh. Uh, but 
uh, personally for me, I would love to do cosplay, but yeah, it's, it'd be one of the, it'd be like a bucket list kind of thing. It'd be a it's bucket list. Bloody expensive. Making it or do it or just buying the costume itself, or buying the costume off Either. Amazon. Either. Okay. Yeah, I've got a, a friend who likes doing that sort of stuff, but he buys all of his costumes off um, Amazon and eBay and stuff. Okay. And uh, it costs a few hundred bucks for um, even the most basic, like, uh, you know those those ones that are just uh, like skin tight, like bicycle shorts material? Yeah, yeah, the um, the um, Lycra. Yeah, Lycra. They're the uh, stuff like that. They cost him a few hundred bucks to uh, oh. get a Lycra costume. Like he got one of uh, Venom a while back and he's quite a tall guy and it turned out he was too tall for it. Oh, oh, that must have been oh, that must have been a challenge for him just to get just to get it in the costume itself. Oh, yeah. Oh man, but I, I don't know, cos like with uh, but back to the top. I think we just gone a bit of a segue in here, but I think yeah, yeah but but um with VR, I think this might with VR and cosplay being an art, it could work. Oh, we are getting way off topic tonight. <laughs> I was like, how do we even get here? <laughs> As we were talking about the arts in general. <laughs> we need Bucky to keep us on task, I think. Yes, God, God damn it, I miss him. I miss him already. All right. He's not right. dead. I <laughs> know. But feels feel so but feel so empty without him. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But yeah. But back to what we were talking yeah, about. You so, pull yourself together now? Yep, I pulled myself together. <laughs> Okay, let's go on to the next topic before you have another breakdown. <laughs> okay, okay. The next topic is Minecraft yeah. skins that carry a virus. Oh, no. <laughs> I've got a, um, a box by a vast open here, and it's, it's beautifully simple. They've basically, um, people have found a way to load code into the, the image file, mm-hmm. and uh, people who download the image file and put it into Minecraft can get a virus from it. It's oh. seriously, seriously simple. It's a, a batch file. So oh. basically the most basic kind of scripting you can do on a, a Windows computer oh, to that's... completely wipe and format your whole computer. Oh, that is painful. Yeah. Oh, that is painful. Oh, I'm, I'm just reading this article and it's saying here, you get messages like, you are nailed by a guy computer. This is a, this is a piece of sludge. Yeah, or uh, <laughs> my other favorite, you have maxed your internet usage for a lifetime. <laughs> oh, oh, this is like ransomware, but, but deadlier. It's worse because ransomware, you know that if you pay up, you will get your data back. Because they can't afford to have people going around saying don't pay up because they won't, they won't give it back. Mm. Their whole business model, if funnily enough, if they don't uh, cough up the encryption keys when you pay up, then their business model collapses because no one will pay them anymore. This one's just malicious. It just goes and kills your computer for no good reason. And this is through the Minecraft domain. Yeah, they worked uh-huh. out how to... Uh, include these files in a uh, skin and upload it to the Minecraft server. Man, that's uh, I feel sorry for those people that, that live stream Minecraft games and get these they get these viruses. Yeah. <laughs> and and they... I reckon there were fifty thousand accounts that got infected. 
Oh, dude. I wonder how many I wonder how many of those fifty thousand are kids saying my computer my Minecraft. Probably most of them. Oh, yeah. Looking at the article again, that's fifty thousand according to a vast data. So it'd be what it'd be probably a bunch that use naught on a AVG. Oh, that that like I said, that's gonna be painful just seeing all these kids crying like my Minecraft, (laughs) my achievements. It's just right. They're not getting anything out of this. I think they're just doing this out of spite, just to, you know, yeah. it's 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 like the earlier story of how um people are going to the Minecraft server and just putting bomb threats and whatnot. Oh yeah, kids who um the kids do that as uh, to pick on each other though. But this is this is way <laughs> this is way ahead of like, kids just picking on each other. This is just ah nasty. Yep. Although I, I gotta admit though, um, this is a this might be a whole, could this might not be uh th- this might not affect Minecraft in in as a, in a big picture sense. Like when you look at fifty thousand accounts and how many people play Minecraft exactly? Uh, seventy something million, I think said. So this is like a drop in the ocean, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, here we go. In January this year, there was seventy four million players. Oh man, that's a lot. This is like I said. This is a ru- this is a drop in the ocean. This is a this is yeah. just a drop in the ocean. Like Minecraft, it is, a, it is though uh, most likely only the Java version mm. because I don't believe you can upload custom skins to uh, Bedrock Edition, which is the version that runs on consoles and Windows Ten. So it's old school computers. No, it's just old school Minecraft. Ah, okay. They originally released Minecraft as a Java program, and then a few years ago, when Microsoft bought them out, they developed the Windows 10 edition, which is uh, Bedrock edition. And then, as time went on, and they finished up the Windows 10 edition and got it up to date, they uh, late last year, if I remember correctly, released an update called Better Together, which combined all the uh, all of the Bedrock Edition versions, so Windows, PS4, Xbox, and made it so that they could play together. Oh, man. Do you reckon this is good? But here's, here's, a, here's an interesting question. Do you reckon this virus is going to be similar to... I don't know whether you're familiar with World of Warcraft and how there was a, a, couple, a couple of scientists that decided to put, drop a virus to see how the population of Warcraft will react. Uh, that I think you're talking about the... Uh... Uh, it has a name. It's something to do with blood. I think it's it's okay. a, an in-game virus, right? Yeah, yeah. It was an yeah, in-game virus. Uh... It was an in-game virus. I think it wiped out a, a lot of people, a lot of people's accounts, as I recall. Yeah, it's um. Oh, okay, so a, an actual yeah, corrupted virus. Yeah, corrupted blood. Corrupted blood the... is something different, though. It's um because of a bug that let people carry a. A debuff from a boss called oh. Corrupted Blood. I remember reading about this years ago. Uh, Corrupted Blood basically damages you over time, but it acts as a virus and uh, transmits between players. So what people did when they worked out that they could hack it and they could uh, get out of the dungeon with the, the debuff hmm. was go around infecting people. And they ended up with this really interesting setup where people have actually studied it for academically. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was basically a plague. So they had people doing like uh, disaster management, people running medical tents and basically healing everyone who comes through, uh, <laughs> people who were getting infected and going to infect people. Huh. It's like, 
a really crazy story. Although it did, although, although, as I said, I think it was a, it was good research material, though. To yeah. the um, I've pulled up the Wikipedia page and uh, the Centers for Disease Control and a couple of other universities have written articles and collected statistics for it. I so actually, ever since I first heard about this, I've wanted to have a um, have a, a game that involves diseases that can transmit between players as a um a mechanic i uh haven't thought about it in years though until you reminded me but <laughs> i'd love to uh have that as a mechanic and just see how people behave well there is always since there is always sim city yeah that mostly involves an omnipresent god just burning everything to the ground though no uh, yeah <laughs> although with this virus although with this fight with this minecraft virus i want i wonder how I wonder whoever the creator was was must be laughing himself right now, saying, "Ha! I have done something that will potentially destroy Minecraft." No, not at all. Fifty thousand people, like you were saying, is a drop in the. And yeah. the creator isn't really like the creators. Basically, yeah. Well, they're not that. I'm not that impressed by it. What impresses me though is that the uh, the virus code itself is so simple. In fact, that it, uh, it's probably pointing out a big security flaw that mm. uh people can just do that and get away with it how long do you think it'll take before um for a patch to be developed uh avast already reports that there's been a patch that quick yeah that only happened earlier this week but nice. um this sort of thing like even though it's only affected fifty thousand people so far it's the sort of thing that it could have a, a big pr issue mm. but um i don't think that Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now that it's been patched, I just think it's going to be a footnote. It'll just be like, yeah, no, nobody will care. Yeah, no one's going to remember it in a week. Anyway, what's uh, our next topic? Something about phone cracking. Oh, this will be, this was another buck story. Yes. Do you have the uh, the link for that? I don't. I have it here. Uh, it's basically saying... Um, Local and regional police departments and federal agencies are lining up to buy technology from two companies who pro- whose products can bypass iPhone security mechanisms. Okay, that's a bit ve- that's a bit worrying. Oh man, that oh, that's just scary. Scary. Second, so... yeah. So the uh, the iPhone encryption was uh, held up as an example of really good encryption, from what I remember, a few years back when. Uh, do you remember after the uh, I think it was the Santa Barbara? Uh, oh, you mean shooting. the San? You mean the San Bernardino shooting? San Bernardino, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. The um the FBI was like, give us access to his phone, and Apple was like, no. And uh, so this is um I as I understood it, the security was supposed to be really good, but this, from a privacy perspective, a bit worrying. Ah, oh, yeah. So I'm just looking at the article that so two companies are. One's an Israeli-based tech, uh, technolo- technology ven- vendor called Celebrite, and another one is called 
Gray Shift and Celebrite has developed a way to unlock encrypted iPhones using iOS 11 and uh, and we're marking the product. Okay, yeah, it's just um, this, they discovered a way to, to unlock encrypted iPhones and Gray Shift have developed an inexpensive black box that could unlock any iPhone. Okay. Uh, oh, that's just scary. It's... I mean, like, I understand the... Um how police want to hack into it. But it does also worry me because as soon as one person has access to uh, an exploit like that, it's just a matter of time before someone leaks bad it. people get it. Yeah. Oh. Like uh, one of the things that got leaked with um, Snowden was a huge number of NSA uh, viruses and exploits that they were using to hack people. And while it... it's good that it's out in the open and we know what's going on and all of that, it's also these things um, would have been found eventually. Security for obscurity is not security, but it basically flooded the market with all of this hacking tech. So um, a few oh, uh, viruses that went around shortly after were based off that. I think Asia also has a vi- had a virus that's called has a virus called Back Orifice. Oh yeah, I've heard about that one. Yeah, that's a back it's a backdoor virus, isn't it? This is something else in its entirety. Um, Oh, backdoor is just a generic term. There's a lot of uh, hacks that start with back. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if every government on earth had their own hacking team. Yeah. I mean, we know they do, but um, but this I'm one, I'm not a huge fan of encryption getting broken because uh, eventually it moves on to bad people. Yeah, it's it's a slippery. This is this is going to start a very big slippery slope, isn't it? Uh, but, I mean, what do you mean by that? As in, like you, like you said, like you're gonna uh, once some um, people start unlocking encrypted iPhones, you're gonna get bad people just develop. They would they would hack into it. They might eventually they will eventually hack into these police departments and federal agencies and get this get this program oh, yeah. and then reverse engineer it and to make it maybe weaponize it, like it make it, like make it into a portable jamming device. Yeah, well, uh, at the same time, I hope that. Um, now that it's out there and we know that it's a thing, that uh, Apple can then go and find a way to block it again. Hmm. Although it is an interesting thing with one of the companies, they uh, hired a former Apple security engineer f- to build that to build that inexpensive black box. There we go. So it's uh, an inside job. <laughs> to one could say, it's the worm in the apple. <laughs> you got that from the article, right? Nope, I'm just, I just I just made it up. up that, uh, I just came up with that. <laughs> uh, another one like that, and you're finishing the podcast by yourself. <laughs> I'm gonna go find Bucky wherever he is. And go hang out with him. Until I'm but uh, it's it, it's just it's just crazy. I mean, is this what we've become now? Like. A couple of guys oh. who make terrible jokes. No, no, it's no, just no. Makes terrible jokes. No, but I mean, like, we want privacy, but we also want um, transparency. It's yeah, and we want privacy, but we're going to stick up everything on the internet for everyone to have a look at. Uh, uh, thank you. Yeah. Some um, next couple of years uh, are going to be something different until oh. we get this sorted out. Although I, I bet you that I, I bet you someone will say the Russians. The Russians did it. <laughs> <laughs> the Russians did it. <laughs> uh, who, who, who broke my who broke my um, Samsung? The Russians did it. Yeah, the uh, Russians it, probably can. The Americans probably can. Anyone? The, uh, can. The Chinese probably can. 
it's just the the matter of things. These people get the tools and they uh, use them for espionage. And uh, it, it, it's crazy. This is a crazy time. To yeah. Under. So anyway, let's uh, keep moving. Yeah. Our next topic is COD 4 not having a single player mode. Yeah, yeah. So from what I've seen, so they're saying that it won't include a traditional single player story mode uh, according to sources close to the um, company. And this is the shift in creative direction that will make Black Ops 4 the first mainline Call of Duty to ship without a, st- a standard campaign. But it's a, So this is interesting. So they're focusing on uh, on zombies and multiplayer, right? Yeah, it looks like it. Evident, evidently, it looks like. Uh, I wouldn't mind if it was a Left 4 Dead multiplayer style, but something somehow it strikes me as not being like that. Yeah, because even funnily enough, there was the tagline for Black Ops Four and all the ads are saying, "Forget what you know," which <laughs> was bad. so. If you put it, well, then put it this way though, like. All these shooting games that we, all these shooters that we have, they when did they start bringing in campaign mode? When did they brought it in? They brought uh, it in from the beginning. Like Wolfenstein had a, it was very basic, but it had a story mode because back in the nineties we didn't have lands the and internet capabilities to do full on multiplayer campaigns. Yeah, but now though, in the now, in now that when the internet has matured. Like Call of Duty yeah. was a, Call of Duty was originally a, a multiplayer game, and then until people started saying, "Okay, we want a shoot, we want a shooter, um, a campaign like Unreal Tournament." Was it really? Game. Like, did Call of Duty ever have a non-multiplayer game? Like they're saying there in the article, this is the first game to not have a single player. Ah, because I was. So I, I was, you I, just maybe, read that to me a minute ago. Yeah, I, I, I'm, well, I'm, I've been mistaken. Yeah, I, so uh, you must be thinking of something else. Yeah, must have, yeah, must have I been. I think it's an interesting step, but it means that they'll have to abandon the concept of a story, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but uh, then... Titanfall uh, 1 did it, and nobody ever mentions the story of Titanfall 1, even though it had a story, it was just told via the multiplayer somehow. Do you reckon they're taking that step? I think that's what they're implying. That will be a very interesting uh, to, because Titanfall has been competitively. It was comp- when Titanfall One came out. It was it was the game. It made it look like the game to have. Yeah, and Titanfall Two was even more popular. Yeah, but the thing is, Titanfall Two has a single player. Yeah, I'm um, just looking at the article here. They're looking forward to it on May. 6th. So it's coming out pretty soon as well. So to okay. do, to to relay this to relay this before a couple of weeks before. Or a couple. Yeah, a couple. It's uh, yeah. the end of April now, almost. Yeah, almost. almost oh, well, halfway through April, really. Yeah. So to relay this, uh, this is is this good marketing? Like just to bring up more hype into the. Um, I, it is marketing. I don't know if it's good marketing. I think most of the people I know who are really into COD are in it for the multiplayer, so they're getting what they want. But I do think there's going to be a contingent of story mode fans who aren't happy. And uh, mm-hmm. this is a Black Ops game, isn't it? Yeah, Black Ops 4. So Black Ops is, uh, as I understand it, the COD storyline that is the most popular. Yeah. it's uh, and, and to be honest with you, when whenever COD comes, whenever there are two games that when it comes out, it's, it's declared a public holiday. 
basically. It would it's <laughs> GTA and Black Ops, <laughs> the call, uh, yeah. GTA and Call of Duty. Every t- any time they bring that game out, it's a public holiday. I remember going to uni the day or two after uh, GTA Five came out, and my tutor walked in and just completely exhausted. <laughs> How many cups of coffee did it take for him to to just get through the lecture? I don't know. It was uh, one of those shoots where you you work in your group, basically. Uh, but she but, came uh, over and someone asked if she was okay. And she's just like, yeah, I've just been up all night playing GTA. <laughs> oh, that duh. But um, there's, um, I'm just having a brief look at the article. They're saying that uh, this this whole step is to describe an emphasis on... Um, cooperative modes such as potential stand-in for single-player campaign experience. So, so cooperative modes. Yeah. Then they could very well be going like the Left 4 Dead route, mm. which or, I'm not really going to complain about. It's an effective model. I enjoy like co-op story modes. I probably won't get it though because I'm not a COD fan. <laughs> Although, give me my I mean, realism. <laughs> give me my real. I, I I'm a ba- hey I, I'm a ba- I'm a Battlefield fan myself. I'm a battlefield fan yeah. myself, but um, with this game though, there, there, I did see a, another article. They were saying that they want to bring in um something similar to PUBG. Yeah, everyone's doing that. Yeah, so I think it, it'll be hugely popular because it's a COD game. But I think the market for battle royale style games is getting uh saturated. I think now it's too late. If you're trying to break into the battle royale market, it's too late. Yeah. Yeah, I... uh, unless someone comes out with like triple A battle royale and just blows everyone away with the quality of it, mm. I think the market's saturated. We've got the uh, the silly battle royale, the serious battle royale. I just don't think there's anywhere else to go. It, it's it's it'll be just it's just well battle royale at the moment. It's the golden goose, and everyone yeah. is just trying to get the gold golden egg, the next golden egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Yeah, COD, like, yeah, I can, but back to the single player mode. Yeah, it's, it might put, it might take out a bit of the fan, it might take out a bit of the fan base, but I think COD ultimately will just survive, will still survive. Like, yeah. Black Ops 4, it will just, it will ultimately, it will still survive, even with the fans going like, oh, no, you don't have story mode. I, I love the story mode. I don't enjoy the game, but it's going to be hard to kill COD. Yeah. yeah Although, uh, Considering the popularity of uh, the COD remaster compared to the other game that came out that year, yeah, it's uh, going to be hard to kill COD mm. unless they uh, keep doing that for the next five years. I think we'll have to see when the reviews come. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, next topic: Castlevania. Okay, so Castlevania has announced that they're going to bring out a game um, called Castlevania. Really? They're bringing out a game. Yeah, they're bringing out a game called Castle- Konami's announced that Castlevania, uh, Castlevania Grimoire of Souls is going to come out. The down, the, the good thing is it's a Castlevania game. The bad thing is it's iOS. Uh, so not even iOS and Android. Ah, uh, so it's a mobile game in ge- in in general. Uh, so no, but it's, it's just basically they're saying it's just iOS for now. Okay. So well, Mario, Mario Run. There was a uh, Nintendo tried to break into mobile recently and like last year and only released on uh, iOS, I think. I think they were. I think, uh, yeah. but it was uh, microtransactions and I don't think it got any traction. 
Nah, nah, people. Well, Pokemon Go is technically uh, oh yes, yeah. Pokemon Go so is technically party though. Yeah, I uh, Super Mario Run. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, which was a side-scrolling game, endless runner, endless runner program. Yeah, it was an iOS. Okay. So just an endless runner with a uh, Mario. Yeah, pretty pretty much. But with the Castlevania game, so it's it's a side it's a um side scroller as well, and it looks like the it's kind of like um, when I'm looking at the graphics to it, it's like the old it's like the old Nintendo Castlevania game. Oh yeah, you know actually that might work a a Metroidvania like uh on mobile because i bet you could find a good way to just slightly modify the metroidvania formula and break it up into mobile sized chunks hmm. yeah uh, uh the bright side is with this it's it's pretty so it's, it's castlevania so people love it and people love the se- people love the series and it can be b- played in like both single and multiplayer up to four players okay I so, can't see the multiplayer getting a lot of use, but that's just my own experience of multiplayer of a uh, you know, of mobile games. But here's the interesting thing, though, with the mobile game. So I know we, I know the other day we spoke about PUBG as a multiplayer being uh being putting put in mobile, and I th- as I recalled, you tr- you did a good review on that one. Yeah. So it. could you see this game? kind of balancing it out like uh no i so, am a stalwart defender of the faith and i will not be playing any multiplayer games <laughs> i think any mobile games there's a <laughs> very small subset of games that i will play on mobile and i don't think a metroidvania is one of them hmm. so but i agree with you there like so you reckon this mobile it's so let me just rephrase the question. So, do you think this game will last long, or do you think it will just be a uh, we'll still keep this up for a few months and then take it out of our service? Oh, um, well, going by what almost every other developer who has released a mobile game like that has in the last year, probably just a flash in the pan. This, uh, this looks like a this might be a sh- unashamed crash grab. It could be because you've got. What is it? You've got a Netflix series. There's a Netflix series already out with the Castlevania yep. game to it, and so yeah. that's uh, the like the game Castlevania as a Netflix show. Yeah, like, Netflix it's related. Anime. Yeah. Okay. It's actually, um, um, actually, it's yeah, yeah. um, it's part of the it. The last Castlevania game was Lords of Shadow Two, which was 2014, and then they came back. And then Netflix came up with Castlevania, the anime series. So yeah, this yeah this like kind hell. of someone um, just dropped a bowling ball above me. <laughs> I think it even got picked up on my microphone. Ah, <laughs> oh, that must have been paid for. It was uh, loud. I didn't anyway. even hear. But yeah, okay. I, yeah, but yeah, this game will yeah this game will, will not last long. It, it won't last. Yeah, I think it'll just be a flash in the pan. But yeah, okay. Professor. So uh, next topic. Uh, yeah, we've got time for one more topic. PUBG as an eSport. Okay, PUBG as an eSport. This is an interesting one in a sense where um, PUBG Corp, um, PUBG Corp's prese- um, creator, Brendan Green, um, has laid an outline of what he wants to see in terms of PUBG's future, like the future of PUBG. Like, um, so... He wants to start. He wants to start off with road, um, a lot of things, and um, 
basically he was asked a question where do you see PUBG in six to six months to a or, or a year or three years then and his view is he wants to build it an esports team he, he wants to build it into an esports thing okay i can't fault him for that yeah like uh, to quote, as he said, that right now this year we're heavily investing on setting up an esports infrastructure. We're building an esports team globally between Europe, Asia, and US. So, it's, and he's just putting the good foundation, and he wants to see it in three years' time in big stadiums. I think, I think it's a good idea. I, th- I, I know we we bagged that we bagged that game out so much. Uh, not really. The PC de- version is decent. It's mainly just the mobile version that we went on about. Yeah. Uh, the console, I think we did, We haven't gone through the console edition, have we? No, but I'm no. not a console gamer, so you played it? I haven't played it. I want to play it. Yeah, As I understand it, it's basically just a PC edition, but with more bugs. Yeah. Or at least it was when, it, when I was still paying attention to it. I could, but honestly, I could see I could see it going on. This would be like watching the Hunger Games all over again. And this, at least, it'll be a change of change of scenery from watching League of Legends and Dota most of the time. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'd love to see a a uh, form of extended esports. Like most people don't have time for more than a half hour length round. Hmm. So most multiplayer games are based around those short, snappy rounds. But I'd yeah. love to see uh, an esports, say like like you mentioned, a Hunger Games style esport where the players have to genuinely play for a week and they can take breaks and stuff but their character stays logged in mm, you could see, i could see that in world of warcraft like you, you like world of warcraft players to be honest with you yeah they... but to be fair, world of warcraft players already play for a week. <laughs> yeah yeah but PUBG, i could see it i could see it happening but you like i said you have to like can, but can you see the audience being patient enough just to stand around and go come on uh, move already <laughs> It would have to be a um, oh, right, not even PUBG. Take it way back to a, a DayZ thing where uh, you have like full-on survival mechanics. Oh, but I don't see that working as a game concept or likely as an esports concept. Even if oh. they just did like that, what would be great though would be live streaming it and then uh, like Truman showing it <laughs> have every minute live stream, and then have some guy who comes on at six o'clock in the evening. And does a uh, a highlights reel? Ah, that could be a, that could be a good idea. That could be a very good that could be a good idea. Yeah. Although I wonder how, I wonder if Twitch will Twitch wonder who will pick it up though Twitch or YouTube? Yeah, it would have to have like a huge production bill. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, because you need to be supplying these guys to take a week off work or whatever. Yeah, like, I, it's it's a good idea. I could yeah. I could see Actually, I could see it happen. Now I remember a game I used to play, Urban Dead. It's a, a zombie MMO, mm-hmm. except it's uh, it's mostly text-based. And when you log out, your character just goes to sleep where they're standing. So uh, while you're asleep, zombies can break their way in and kill you. But they did a, a couple of special events years back now when the new uh, Day of the Dead movie came out. Ah, uh, yes. Where they started up a, uh, a new map based on the city in the movie. And let people join it for a week, then locked it off. And uh, so the goal was to be the last human. In the main game, I stopped playing eventually because it just got too repetitive. In the main game, you can be uh, killed, but then be revived. Hmm. And you get people who like who want to play as zombies, who 
you'll spend a huge amount of effort reviving them because you only get like 50 actions a day. So you need to go to the hospital, uh, search around for medical gear and zombie revival equipment, go and find a zombie and revive them. And you just end up with these people who want to be zombies. So if they get revived, they will climb to the nearest building and jump off. (laughs) Human nature means that you can't get the dynamic that I'd want from that, where the goal is for either the zombies or the humans to win by converting everyone to their side. Because yeah. some people were just going to go and do that anyway. Yeah. But anyway, the uh, the aim of the game was to be the last few because they took out all of the revive items for that special map. Aww. And uh, if you if you logged out for like a week, your character would despawn and you'd be removed from the get the leaderboard. Uh, actually, no, I think they didn't actually remove you from the leaderboard. But uh, if you logged out for a week, eventually the player base dwindled because people were getting killed off permanent and yeah. uh and if you logged out for a week your character would despawn but the uh, the game kept going for a few months and i'd love to see more experience like that i think we i, I think that's that's a good concept i i don't i don't know i i would like like i said the way you explained it that's a very good concept and i could see it i could see it happen i can see it happen yeah. but well the main reason i stopped playing was because um it just got too repetitive you'd get killed and then you'd get revived and killed and i wanted to do one of those special maps but that was a few years before i played and personally if i was running it i would have opened up a new one of those maps every month or so make it a like a monthly or a two monthly thing to get in play till you got killed and then come back for your next round but anyway we're starting to drone on a bit yeah and I'm getting way into game design for what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> yeah, but this is your niche. <laughs> this is niche. Yeah. Alright. Um, uh, next, uh, I've got two little whip around topics. EA's apology. What's up with that? Yeah, so apparently EA has um, recently appointed a, a chief de- design officer, Patrick Soderlund. Um, he, he's basically don't sent, worry, I'm sure Pat's never gonna listen to us. <laughs> so he's just basically saying that, um, he's just basically sending you know, apologies. Um, it is clear to us, as a, I'll just quote some, it is clear to us the play, uh, players see the company differently than we do. Situation the team, as the guy who runs all the team, I have to take take that seriously. Basically, we're sorry, we're responsible for, for making you feel that way. <laughs> okay, so, so what I'm hearing is. We've realized we're out of touch because we want to make money and you guys want to have fun. Yeah. And his ba- and he's basically saying that uh, that he- that the plan to include loot boxes was an int- intentional move to have more people play the game for a longer period of time, noting that this was attempting to do what everyone else on the market has tried to do for years with games such as Overwatch and Destiny 2. <laughs> so I'm just wow. like, oh, what? So we screwed up. Uh, you told us why we screwed up, but we've taken a look at it and we can't tell why we screwed up. Uh, but uh, the bright side is, um, the loot boxes, they, like, remember when loot boxes came out, then EA said, we'll temporarily re-, and then they decided, okay, we'll fully remove them. Yeah, have they added them back? I thought they were putting them back in. I don't think they added them back. I don't okay. think they have. So, uh, this is, but you reckon they finally understood, went, Okay, we've listened to you guys. I hope so. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, but should I, we wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. Our next one: Netflix is now the eighth biggest media company on Earth. Yeah, so it's and now sixteenth biggest galactically. Oh, 
But yeah, this is basically saying Netflix are now what worth 146 billion, a billion shy of both the Comcast. And uh, this, is, this is amazing. Like how the company says its revenue is from all its legacy. A lot of mm-hmm. things, a, a lot of basic uh, saying how they, where the growth is. Let's say uh, their most successful show. Guess what's the most successful Netflix show? Uh, Stranger Things? No, 13 Reasons Why. Oh, okay. It was probably that one the... that everyone's like is horribly depressing. That don't watch it. <laughs> it's apparently yeah, it's apparently the most pro, um, the most watched show in the entire world last year. Okay, That's so yeah, cool. so they've released thirty three films last year, all of them available for streaming the same day they hit the theaters. That's not bad. Um, thirty three films. You could watch a like you'd watch a Netflix movie almost every Sunday of the year and not run out. Yeah, it, it's it's the gift that keeps giving. It's a very good gift that's keep, that Honestly, keeps giving. What I love most about Netflix though is that they give the uh, the really odd things a chance. Yeah, like uh, they were saying, they're saying here that uh, they've certainly become a valid um, claim for a media conglomerate. Um, one of its news, they want to try our reality programming now. It, oh, they're they're trying uh, reality. Oh no! Right, that's it. It's over. <laughs> reality TV shows, yes. Yeah, the reason they do reality TV on all the other channels is because it's so damn profitable. <laughs> uh, so uh, Netflix has been picking up all the shows that would have gone to the other channels, but they were too busy with reality TV. <laughs> and uh, so... Now yeah. that it's now doomed. It's now doomed yep, it's so. over. <laughs> the dream is gone. Yep. Anyway, yeah, let's wrap this up with this week's uh, it feels wrong to say obituary because only one of the people is actually dead. But uh, this week, Ali Ermi died. And you'll still spell that wrong in the show notes, DJ. Ali <laughs> Ermi. <laughs> the, uh, the guy who played every single grumpy drill sergeant, gunnery sergeant, whatever, in every war movie ever, died this week. And he was also famous for the Sim- for a very, very funny Simpsons episode. So as Colonel Leslie Happerblatt, which okay. was which is the one where Sideshow Bob tries to steal a nuclear bomb off an air sh- in an air show. Oh, and our other let's call this the get well soon section. Turtle Biscuit is back in hospital with uh, his cancer has spread. The chemo isn't working, and he's now about to start a experimental treatment. So hopefully that goes well for him. It's not sounding too good at the moment, but hopefully the experiment tri- experimental treatment will gain him some ground. Yeah, he's done so much for uh, the games industry as a, a a commentator and a consumer advocate. I really hope he somehow finds a way to pull through. I know he's not always been completely popular and some of the things he's done has been, have been quite controversial, but what he has done for the, the industry, really important. Anyway, we will wrap up for now. Next week, hopefully we will be able to drag Bucky back to his recording chair. <laughs> Uh, well, you can get out and visit us at not that's not canon productions. Leave a like, yep. Check out uh, our Facebook page, buy our shirts. We have shirts with logos on them now, and it's really cool. You did tell them about that a few weeks ago, though, didn't you? We did, we did. Yep, good. That's what I got for not listening to the ones while I was away. (laughs) But, um, buy our shirts, buy our shirts, just just buy them, please. We're starving students, buy buy our shirts. We're not rich. We're not rich enough to afford a PlayStation. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, you can buy our shirts, leave a message for us on Facebook, and check out the other podcasts. I was listening to one the other day. 
one of the TNC podcasts, uh, The Other Third of Life, which I recommend is a podcast about sleep. Yep. But we'll see you next week. See you guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.